1 John 2. Get a drink. Let's see here. Let's pick up our reading in verse number one. My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only but also for the sins of the whole world. Take that, Calvinist. <laughs> and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, he is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word... In him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which we have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light, and hateth his brother, is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness now hath blinded his eyes. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. We'll stop off reading right there. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you, Lord, for the day and the word of God that we've enjoyed, for the Spirit of God and moving this morning as you did. We praise you for that and your presence. We ask your presence here tonight. Pray and ask that you will... Help us, Lord, in our walk as the uh, majority of our audience, uh, if you will, are professed believers in Christ. And Lord, help us, dear Heavenly Father, to examine our lives uh, according to the Scriptures. And uh, Lord, if we have aught one with another, if we have hate, hatred toward our brother, if we say that we have not sinned, Lord, I pray that you deal with us. And I ask you and pray that you would just again prepare us, Lord, to be a light in the darkness that we preached on last week. We ask and pray these things in Christ's name. Amen and amen. So, I'm not going to deal with that advocate with the Father and uh, that propitiation. We mentioned propitiation this morning, and, uh, and he is the propitiation. Just want to mention there in verse number 2 that it is for the whole world, for the sins of the whole world. He paid the penalty. He is, he is the... One that satisfies the wrath of God. He's the atoning uh, sacrifice. His blood is the atoning blood, which uh, uh, God the Father is satisfied with. I'll just leave it there, and we'll deal with that in more in depth, hopefully at another time. Even with the advocacy, 
uh, of Jesus Christ the righteous with the Father. We've kind of bounced all around that uh, in recent uh, messages. And uh, when we, uh, when we um, bring uh, out in, our, in the message, when I bring out the message about standing before the judgment seat, about standing accused, sitting in, in the jail and coming coming um, to grips with our sin. And so, we've again, we've dealt with the advocacy of Jesus Christ. We may uh, look at that a little bit better. But as I was looking in my studies, you know, for in John chapter 4, Brother Chris this morning in John chapter 2, one of the things that stood out not only, and I've got highlighted all through this passage, the word no, K-N-O-W, and oftentimes we... As was mentioned this morning, refer to John, First John and Second John, Third John, those uh, these epistles, these letters, to uh, I won't say to shore up, but often I guess you could say to shore up our uh, confidence. That's a good way of putting it. Uh, to shore up our confidence in the fact that you know we are a child of God, and all through this passage of Scripture. There, there is a rule, <laughs> there is a standard that we can up, bump up our lives against to examine our lives that we may know. But we're not going to deal with that tonight either. <laughs> but I have highlighted the word no throughout this, and we'll deal with that another time. But what popped off the pages that we're going to look at tonight First and foremost is the word right. We see in 1 John 1, uh, 5, um, he mentions, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you. Oh, that ain't, yeah, that ain't it. Hang on a minute. Where is it at? 1 John 1, 4, there we go. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. We dealt with that. He wrote this thing, John, and again, as I've already rehearsed to you, that the gospel of John, in John chapter uh, number 13 and verse 33, little children, yet a little while I am with you, you shall see me, seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whether I go, you cannot come, so now I say to you, so now I say to you. And in John writing in verse 34, a new commandment I give unto you. No, I'm rewinding. That ain't where I'm wanting to go. Hang on a minute. We'll get there in a minute. John 20, 30 is where I want to go. There we go. We'll get to there. John 13 in a minute. John 20, 30, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written for what reason? that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. So I, I looked up the word right. I have, I have a Bible program that has a dictionary and a commentary and the Bible all in one screen, all right, so I can bounce back and forth without having to pick up a book, okay? So that's how I often do my studies. And... Um, so in, in it, in, in, because it is a program that I can, when I can do a wor- word and I can just, I can bounce, I, wor- wor- I typed in the word right, there we go, and I limited it to the book of First John, and the word right, W-R-I-T-E, is there eight times in the book of First John, 
And the word written is there four times, all right, written and write. And so that's what stood off on my, uh, my page this morning as we see there in verse number one, my little children, these things write unto you that ye sin not. So he's already dealt with it here in verse number, in chapter number one, verse number four, he writes these things that your joy may be full. And we dealt with the book of John, the things that he wrote in the gospel of John is so that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. He almost rehearses the same, uh, the same sentiment, there we go, uh, in First uh, John 5, in verse number 13, these things have I written unto you that ye, or that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may be, uh, believe on the name of the Son of God. So, so... You know, when we look at the scriptures, uh, we can again bump it up as a as a as a rule, a standard that we can know that we're a child of God, and we'll see some of that in here too. But we can see this also because he expressly uh, dictates his words by the word "write" and "written," and explains some things to us that says, "Hey." Look, I want your joy to be full. 1 John chapter 1. And here he starts off with, I write unto you that ye sin not. And of course he talks about being a liar if you say that you have no sin. Again, looking at our standard to bump us up. Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the prayer. Oftentimes, you know, we'll pull up the standard and we'll say, look at that, look at that uh, moat in my brother's eye. He's not lining up with the book. She's not lining up with the book. I can see it in their lives, but wait, turn it back around on yourself. <laughs> Get that beam out of your own eye. Bump it up, bump you up against the standard. How are you lining up? I have no sin, liar. <laughs> you called me a liar? No. The Bible did, First John chapter number one or two. Uh, so he writes unto us that our joy may be full, and we see the second time the word right is there, so that we sin not. And he gives us a standard, again, to bump up ourselves against. And then, um, 2 verse number 7, Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you. And we're going to deal with these. This is what we're going to tonight. I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. And we'll deal with that in just a second. But then he goes... On down here to verse number 8, again, a new commandment. So he talks about the old commandment there in verse number 7. In verse number 8, he dis discusses the new commandment. Again, a new commandment I write unto you. And he, he tells us what that is in John, the gospel of John, which I write a new, command, uh, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. And we'll deal with that here in just a moment. And then, of course, um, then, uh, verse, see, verse number 12, I write unto you, little children, because 
your sins are forgiven for you, uh, are forgiven you for his name's sake. Uh, verse number 13, I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him. And I, uh, I know this was uh, uh, read this morning. Because you have known him that is from the beginning, I write unto you young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one, and I write unto you little children, because ye have known the Father. Verse number 14, have written. Okay, so right, we're done with the rights, and now we're looking at the writtens. I have written unto you fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Verse number 21, I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Verse number 26, these things, or 1 John yeah, 2, 26, these things I have written unto you concerning them that seduce you. And then 1 John 5, you have to jump over to 5 to get the next one. I've already read it. These things have I written unto you that you be, that that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye have uh, that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And so there's the rights and the writtens. But we're going to go back to the commandments, the old commandment and the new commandment. And and again, it goes back to knowing. And so we're going to deal with it, just add a little bit tonight. But um, our love, and that kind of goes back to this morning, uh, is that old, old commandment and the new commandment. Let's look at verse number 7. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. So mark your place there and turn with me now back, and we've used this in... Since I've been here, but Matthew chapter 22. The old commandment. Matthew chapter 22. Verse number 35. Then one of them which was a lawyer asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And you can break that down. I mean, I've heard, you know, whole messages preached along those lines about uh, you know, uh, our love toward God, and if we love God as we ought to love God, we will follow His commandments. We will follow His precepts. And again, one of the reasons that we write, or that He was writing these things unto us, you know, is so that um, our walk, our light, there we go, uh, yeah, again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the light now uh, shineth. We have him in us. We'll see that uh, here uh, in a minute there. Uh, well, verse number 12, because your sins are forgiven you for his namesake. And um, 
Let's see here. Well, anyway. So, uh, so the old commandment. And the old commandment is these two commandments here. Uh, no new commandment. This is from the beginning. I mean, from the beginning when and he pinned down uh, the Ten Commandments and he came down and he rehearsed the, the commandments in Numbers and he re-rehearsed the, uh, the commandments in Deuteronomy and he, he, he spoke. And even with the Ten Commandments, uh, the, there's several of them that deals with, and again, loving the Lord thy God with all thy uh, thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And in the Ten Commandments, if you wanted, if we wanted to turn to Exodus chapter twenty, I know it's rehearsed in other places as well. But um, Exodus chapter twenty, and I, and this is again the whole message is. I'm just going to read it and just kind of point this out to you. In the love of God, he starts off, and God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which hath brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me, period. Uh, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, nor any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to serve them, uh, uh, to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the day of uh, is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son nor thy daughter nor thy manservant nor thy maidservant nor thy cattle nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Now, all the way down to verse number 11. And those commandments deal with our love to God. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. The first and great commandment, all these that I just read into you can be folded in loving God. Uh, Not having any other gods before him, not taking his name in vain, um, remembering the Sabbath, so on and so forth. All holds true in loving the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. The first and great commandment. The second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Matthew chapter 22 and verse number 39 and on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. How we deal with mankind in the commandments. Honor thy father and thy mother. 
Verse number 12 in Exodus 20. That thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. When the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. So those last set of commandments deal with how we deal with man. And again, if we love thy neighbor as thyself, then we wouldn't want our spouse to run off with another. (laughs) So thou shalt not commit adultery. We wouldn't want to be killed at some, and uh, uh, our lives to be taken at a man's hand, so thou shalt not kill. And in loving thy neighbor as thyself, how you, know, how you want to be treated is how you to treat others. And that's in Matthew 2. You know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Some people call that the golden rule. And my kids always wanted to twist that a little bit. <laughs> they say, <laughs> do unto others as they have done unto you. No, 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 that ain't right. Yeah, they, they want to do that eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. That's what they wanted to do. You know, he, he broke my toy, so I'm going to break his. No, that ain't what it says. Treat him, don't break his toys because you don't want your toys to be broken as you would have them doing to you. And even if they broke your toys, you still treat them as you would have them to treat you. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Look. All through the all through first John, he's talking about. Knowing that we're a child of God. Are we loving God as we ought to love God? Are we striving to follow his precepts? When you read and the Holy Spirit deals with you or when a message is preached here, camp, Fifth Sunday, radio, however you listen to, to the messages and the, the Spirit of God takes the Word of God as it's preached and puts His finger on that in your heart, in your life. What do you do with that knowledge? <laughs> what do you do with that? When He says, the Word says stop doing that, And you still have it in your life. Are you going to stop doing that? Are you going to line up with the book? Are you going to love him enough to keep his commandments? If he says to do it, are you lining up with the book? And are you doing it? Are you asking forgiveness for not having been doing it and then start doing it or vice versa? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, and with all thy soul. The great commandment. 
and the love from soul, soul and mind, heart, soul, and mind. I get them all mixed up there. And then the second, to love thy neighbor as thyself. Let's look at Mark's account, Mark chapter 12. He puts it in a little bit different terms there, especially at the end. Matthew says, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And again, Mark speaks it a little bit different. In Mark chapter 12, verse 29 Oh, let's see here. There we go. And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, he adds, and with all thy strength. Give all your strength to your mind and your heart and your soul. Every power in you as a child of God should seek to follow his commandments and to love him or to love him. And in doing so, you will keep his commandments. To love him with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said unto him, Well, Master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is none other but he, and to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. The scribe is saying that. What was the scribe's job? To write the, the law of God. To write the word of God. To pen it. I don't know one of the, you know, I know different people studies differently and learns differently. I, I don't like, I mean, I read and I can comprehend. And I will read and, and can comprehend and will read if I'm looking for facts or if I'm studying for something. But to read as a, um, to read for entertainment, I don't like that. That's why I did, <laughs> I didn't do so hot in English when it was English composition, because you had to read. Force me to read. It's just not my thing to pick up a book. On occasion, I'll pick up a book and start reading it, but again, it's got to hold my interest or I'm done with it really quick. Just the way I am. Some people, I have a tendency, like, for example, when I, I had a history teacher that, hang on a second. You had to have one of these. Or the wire, but you had a notebook. And one of your grades was your notes. And I'm like, really? So, I'm listening to take notes, but I'm not retaining it because I'm listening to take notes. And I had those, those teachers that required me to turn in my notebook and was graded on my notes. I didn't do well in their classes. 
But if I could just listen, if they would lecture and I could listen, I'd get it. Because I wasn't listening to take notes, I was listening to get the information. That's the way I am. It's interesting because I'm, I'm over the training section in my office. They're at work on the secular job, so I'm overtraining. I want to put it that way. I'm kind of the underling overtraining, but I'm still yet overtraining. The training section, that's my, that's my block, which is really kind of works out for me since this is what I kind of do here too. Anyway, but one of the things that I'm having to deal with, uh, even for in-house training, is... <sighs> understanding how the others in my office learn, which is very difficult because some are not going to read. I mean, if they had to read it and comprehend it, they ain't going to get it. If, you, if it's a hands-on and they can put it together and do it that way, that's how they learn. Others can read and comprehend and, and, you know, and, and, and reads quick and so on and so forth. And then others, it's maybe a little drudgery or whatever. And some, if you, if, you, if you lecture it, then they learn it that way. Which is really kind of, you know, when you got seven or six other people beside yourself and you're having to try to get it in a, a format that, okay, we all can learn in this one presentation. And I'm having to do a lot of reading to be able to lecture it so that some of them will comprehend it. Or if it's a piece of equipment that we're trying to learn, having to put it into their hands, show it on the screen and talk about it, but they have the ability to put their hands on it and learn it that way. Oh, on button. Okay, I got that. <laughs> so, so there's that. And... So we learn differently. And here, uh, these, these commandments here uh, is the, the great commandment. There we go. The lecture, that's where we go. The notebook is to learn it differently. So as these are represented to us, I don't know how I got off and I've, I've Done totally went off and talked about too much something about learning. Now done maybe it'll come back to me where I was trying to go with that. Forgive me for that. All right, so that thou shalt love. Oh yeah, here we go. And to love oh yeah, the scribe. That's where I was going to go with it. Because sometimes when you're trying to learn something, your teachers will say, just write it out. Some people learn that way. And so if anybody would want to learn it and should know it, it should have been the scribe. And sure enough, he agreed with Christ when he said, you're right. (laughs) Because, you know, when he said that it is more than whole burnt offerings and sacrifices, the scribe knew. And the scribes would know because they are sitting there writing it out, copy after copy after copy after copy. So who best to know the word of God, the scribes. And then verse number 34, when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, thou art not not far from the kingdom of God, and no man after that durst ask him any question. He was close. He said, the, the scribe agreed that it's better than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. If we would just 
Love God like we ought to be loving God, especially with, you know, and then love our neighbors ourselves that truly all of the commandments hung, as Matthew put it, on those two commandments. All the law and the prophets hung on those two commandments. In Luke chapter number 10, Luke chapter 10, yeah, oftentimes just write it out. And I, I actually can learn personally that way myself. I can just write something out oftentimes or type it out. One of the things, I was a secretary and I had to pass a state typing test. I was uh, the emergency management secretary in our county emergency management office in Kentucky. One of my first taskings was to take a three-ring binder that was about that thick and type the whole thing and make a digital format out of it. So needless to say, when I was done, I kind of knew the emergency operation plan for Hopkins County, Kentucky. And I'd done such a good job that Muhlenberg County says, hey, will you do ours? Theirs wasn't quite as thick, but still yet. (laughs) So I learned a little bit about emergency management because I typed it all out. And as I was typing it out, I was reading it and, and learning it that way. So Luke here, in Luke chapter 10, verse number 26, he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, This do, and thou shalt live. But he willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And, of course, then he goes into the discourse of the Good Samaritan. Obviously, the religious people during that discourse, you know, walked on the other side and so on and so forth, and it was the Samaritan who had no dealings, or the Jews had no dealings with, but yet he showed compassion and he put it upon his own beast and he, and, he, and he took him to the end, and he, and he, he nursed him, and he gave uh, until he had to leave, and he gave uh, money to the innkeeper to, uh, to continue to nurse him. And if there was anything that beyond that, then he would, he would pay for it when he come back by. You know, and that is a good example of how we ought to treat others. And the neighbor is different than the brother. That's the new commandment. Say, I'm... Then give it away. But the neighbor, how we deal with God, how we love God, how we have a desire to keep his precepts and and please him. You know, there was the example in the word of God where uh, the father told the son, go do it. And he said he would go do it, but he didn't go do it. (laughs) And the other son, he said, go do it. And he said, I'm not going to go do it. But then he wound up repenting himself and, go, and went and done it. And, and Christ, using that example, you know, who was the one? It was the one that actually repented himself and went and done it. And that, that's the way we ought to, to love and we, we should have a desire. And sometimes we're told and we are like that one son. that said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give that up. You know, what will everybody think of me if I, if I act like that or if I incorporate that in my life, even though God has said to do it? But then, 
Spirit of God lays on you hard enough. <laughs> the conscience deals with you hard enough, and then you repent of yourself, and then you do go do it. You follow his commandments. And it should be out of just a love, a desire, like Christ being our example. In fact, we've seen that in our reading. Christ, like Christ being our example, so ought we to walk after he walked here on this earth. And I'll read it verbatim here in a minute. But like he was in the garden with the Father. Father, not my will. That will is a tough thing. Not my will, but thine be done. And again, I wasn't going to go there, but it still applies that living sacrifice. Just conforming to his will. Loving him enough to say, whatever you want out of my life. Loving him enough. And then treating your neighbor as you would want to be treated. Love thy neighbor as thyself. For those that haven't figured it out yet, I love me. (laughs) I do, and you do too. You love you. So many times we want to kind of be a little, you know, self-humility, which is not, it's pride. We We want to feign humility. Guilty, I'm guilty, you know, but we, we feign humility and we say, you know, whatever. We try to, 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 you know, we'll do something, but we'll let everybody else know what we're supposed to do, but we're not, our right hand is not supposed to know what our left hand does. You know, we ought not to say, look at me and look what I've done because you then have your reward. Just do it. Amen. Do it secretly. Lord will reward you openly. I mean, I know praying secretly that way, but it's still give and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. You see a, a person in need like the Samaritan then if you have the ability, James speaks to that, if you have the ability to meet that need, maybe you you don't in yourself, excuse me, but you can rally two or three that may be able to meet that need. Or well, like we've done here at the church, you've mentioned it to the church, and then the church body helps to meet that need for that individual. Because we've been there. Oftentimes, you know, whether you change a tire for, a, you know, a, somebody on the road or you do something for an elderly person or whatever, and they'll, you know, they'll pull out, they want to try to give you a piece of money. Uh, I remember uh, <laughs> I went to a funeral in Owensboro, Kentucky, and I seen this, this old van at the time but my alternator had gone bad and I'm 40 miles away from the house and um, it just wasn't charging and uh, I think it was the alternator yeah it was nope it was the battery that had gone bad it just wasn't charged 
And, uh, I mean, to the point where it would just die on the road and uh, had a bad cell in it. So I'm pushing, I'm, it died right in the middle of a bridge. And I, me and my boys were pushing, and some people got out, and, and uh, they um, got me going, or put, helped me push off, and then I explained it's my alternator because I had finally tracked it down to being my alternator. I said, well, if we can get you going... Uh, because I could, you know, charge it and get it just a little ways and it would die again. And he would come down here to this, there was an old car lot, said, I think I got a battery down there. So we went down to the car lot, you know, he helped, one person helped me and I said something, you know, thank you, he said, I've, you know, basically I've been there, I've had to have other people pull me up, push me out of intersections before and things like that. We get on down there and the guy, you know, he ran that little car lot there and he went in, pulled out an old battery, put it in my truck, and said, that should get you home. I said, just bring it back whenever. You tried to, Satan said, nope, I, I've been where you're at. I've had more cars, you know, where you're at and stuff like that. And, you know, that means a lot. And to be able to, to just interact with people in society that way, that's, there's, you know, and again, how do you love yourself? Husbands, love your wives even as yourself. You know, a self-love, and I used that a fellow that was trying to court Anna before Caleb come along. He's pitiful. <laughs> and uh, he, he almost, you know, he, would, he was almost bad. You know, one of those, uh, it was for him to have a, 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 pie, a, a, a job as a taster at a pie factory. You know, he wouldn't show up. I mean, he, he's just one of those... Anyway, and just, I seen that about him, seen that flaw in him. I said, no, we're going to cut this thing off real quick. And I pulled him in to his, to the, his pastor's office. And uh, one of those deals was driving to see him, and I'm driving up the road, everybody's asleep in the car, and, and God said, he needs to learn to love himself. He, and he's not going to love if he's not going to love Anna, your daughter, until he learns to love himself. I mean, he was good with, you know, living in a garage apartment and maybe not necessarily bathing and a few other things like that. You don't have enough self-respect to go wash your hair. You don't have enough self-respect to pick up your trash. You don't have enough self-respect to get a job and take care of yourself and pay your bills, if you don't love yourself enough to do that for you, then you definitely are not going to love my daughter as yourself. At least not that way, not until you get some self-respect. And I cut it off. I said, no, I'm just saying, you know, I'm not saying that it won't start up again. I said, but you're going to have to prove some things to me. And that's where we left it. And guess what? He didn't change. And he's still the same. And then Anna found Caleb. And now they're married. So, so we love ourselves, and that's how we ought to love our neighbors. And then this new commandment, verse number 8. And again, a new commandment. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past. And the true light now shineth in John chapter 13. 
The Gospel of John, chapter 13. In verse number 33, little children, yet a little while I am with you, ye shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, you cannot come, so now I say to you, a new commandment give I unto you, that ye love one another. This is different than the neighbor. This is different. That ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Oh, there's where it is. Okay. So love one another. That's the new commandment. The old commandment is love God and love thy neighbor. That's the people that are without But there's a different kind of love, and I know that we've hit this a little bit in the past, but there is a different kind of love for your brother. And we see that in our text here because this is one of those um, standards (laughs) to know that you are a child of God. Because when he deals with that, verse number 8, verse number 9, he that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother. See, now we're talking about the brother. Love one another. He done gave the new commandment that he refers to, I believe, here in First John, there in the Gospel of John. The new commandment, as he wrote, to, that uh, penned Christ's words, that new commandment that ye love one another. And he says there, by this... Shall all men know ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another? And in the first century church, they, well, we, we read the story of Ananias and Sapphira. They lied to the Holy Ghost. But in that day, in that text of Scripture, there were people that was selling and then giving to the church and then the church would take what was brought in and distribute it to the church equally and take care of each other's needs. There was, that was a testimony to the first century because they seen a love. They seen that, you know, that, the, that the widows were ministered to. Tables were served. People took care of each other's needs. That was among the brethren. That was a testimony. That was a light, as we read there. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother and abideth in the light and there is... um, He that loveth his brother abideth in the light and there is none occasion of stumbling in in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness... And knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. You know, they look at us. And we might treat <laughs> we might treat them right. And I it kind of goes a little bit with 
what was said in our men's Sunday school class. Sometimes we have a bad day and we kind of take it out on others around us that don't deserve that. I was reminded of an event in my life that exact, I mean, years ago, but I was really rough on an individual that was innocent because I felt that I had been done wrong by another individual. And I couldn't take it out on them, so I took it out on somebody else. I was reminded of that. Help me. And I thought to myself, and I, I'm trying to think, and I, I, in my mind as it was being rehearsed in Sunday school, I'm, I'm going, did I ever apologize to that person? Did I ever fill in the backstory of that event? And I might have to do that. But you can show kindness to your lost neighbor, but they look at you on how you treat your brother in Christ (laughs) or your sister in Christ, and they see a a different contrast there. You get around, and this this is a very difficult thing, you get around lost family members and something comes up and you begin to backbite some of the people down at the church house or you begin having the pastor for lunch (laughs) your kids in the back seat mom and daddy's up front you get to talking about negatively about the sermon that morning how it hit you probably square between the eyes but you didn't come to the altar and get saved not saved but get right about it you just got mad about it, went out, and you're talking around the dinner table. Guess who's hearing that? Be careful, little <laughs> mouth what you say because little ears are hearing. They see how you love the brethren. And it says here, I know it uses the word hateth. He that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh not. Or walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goeth because his darkness hath not hath binded. Or his darkness because that darkness hath binded his eyes. He hated his brother is in darkness even until now. But then right between that, he that loveth his brother abideth in the light. And there is none occasion of stumbling in him. And then loving the brother, that new commandment. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. If you have one to another, that's the brother, that you have loved one another. He was talking to his disciples there. That's the new commandment. It's above and beyond, I believe, loving thy neighbor. We should have a... a, a, a stronger love when it comes to the brethren a purer love when it comes to the brethren I I like the example I was reading and it kind of goes a little bit with tonight's men's Sunday school class but I was reading something and and was reminded of how we ought to when when Paul was writing about treating you know the younger women as sisters the older women as our mothers that keeps our relationships within the church right. 
again, going back to the night, the men's Sunday school class tonight. And that was truly, I mean, he was his half-sister there. But, and, and he didn't find that occasion until John, John the Dab or whatever come along, his so-called friend. I've heard so many messages at youth conferences out of that passage of Scripture about watching your friends, young people. Anyway, the love for the brethren should be above and beyond our love for the neighbor. And our na- the neighbors out there should look in and say, hey, there's something about them. You know, and oftentimes, you know, I've had to get right with my brother. And uh, my brothers have had to get right with me. I, I had, uh, you know, gone to one and had been backbiting them, talking about them behind their back. They knew nothing of it. But God put his finger on my heart and said, you need to go to him. And apologize. And if they're the right kind of brother, they will, like was said this morning, 70 times 7, forgive you. And we should have that kind of love for each other and forgiveness toward each other. And we should have that. And we see it all through Paul's writings. And, and, and you know, that and, and Peter, now we're in John, but we, should, you know, we see how that we interact with the brethren that preferring one before uh, you know before ourselves you know lifting them up and it goes the, it wasn't the, I don't know several different chipmunks in cartoons but the you know the two chipmunks is like before you no before you you know and they would prefer one above the other and that's the way again that we should treat each other if you see a brother in need and you can help that need fine if not get together Neighbors are one thing, and neighbors we should, but above and beyond the neighbor, the new commandment is to love one another. And so, that's uh, let's see here. And then in Second John, I know Second John one, in verse number five, he's talking to the lady here in Second John. 2 John 1, 5, Now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which ye have heard from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is the love that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that, ye, that as ye have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. And so, walking, walking in these commandments. And he noticed that, you know, it's talking about the light there as well. Let's see, uh, maybe that was the other, other passage. Wrote and his love. Okay. You've heard from the beginning that you should walk in it. So basically, going back to this morning's message, you know, in in that love that we had talked about, and then just bringing it to a to a uh, conclusion here, uh, loving our you know examine an examination, if you will, of our love. So one of our love is one of the standards that we can bump up against whether we are a child of God or not. 
bumping uh, the love that we have for God and our neighbor and our brother, one another, is not only a standard where we can bump up against whether we are a child of God, but then whether we are walking where we ought to walk. Are we walking in darkness or are we walking in the light? It goes back to last week's message. You know, and then getting right one with another. Sometimes, you know, like I said, some deep-seated stuff, just like I had to get right over there at the other place when Brother uh, Brother McVeigh preached for us over there. Carrying that old, <laughs> carrying that old obituary around with, with, with bitterness in my heart to a dead person of all things. On occasion, we get these messages and we're like, hmm, just like tonight in Sunday school, I'm going to have to go to that person. And I'm going to say, let me explain something. I did you wrong that night. Not to excuse myself, but to explain where I was at in life at that particular moment. Because I don't think that they were old enough necessarily to understand. But hopefully they are now. And, and the Lord from time to time will bring stuff up. It may be that you go to a neighbor and then in going to somebody that's lost and they see how that, you know, you've done them wrong but you want to get right with them, then that is a testimony to them that you want to do right and you're a child of God. Maybe it's something that they would want to look into. But then also from time to time, God puts it upon us that, hey, we've wronged this brother. And I know one time we preached along these lines there. One of the first few times I was preached there at Fifth Sunday, and there was folks that stood up and testified. People got some right between the churches. And so if, if and when the Spirit of God dings you, to get right with a brother, with a sister, with a neighbor, or with him, then I want to encourage us to examine our love and then be as right as we can be with all three of those folks that we've dealt with tonight.